All righty, let's get to them. We get Tom Korski in, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter, and there's a lot to go through. How you doing? How you doing, Tom? I'm well. <laughs> Thanks, I'm well. Thank you, Alex. There you go. Just reading uh, that. Uh, I guess the conservatives have made their opposition day uh, that they would like these, uh, like the diplomat, um, you know, who's uh, threatening uh, Michael Chong's family to be turfed. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet, but that's the uh, latest uh, in your world. Lots going on in your world. Uh, what do you make of the Alexander Trudeau testimony? What was your What was your takeaway? It was embarrassing. I thought it was sort of patronizing, and he's a pretty pedantic guy who fashions himself as an expert in China. Frankly, I know more about China than he does. I lived and worked there He's a reader of Confucius. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I didn't, I mean, but he's been there quite a few times on a VIP tourist visa, and now he's an expert, let alone letting Chinese people speak about the Chinese experience. You know, I think people like like the brother sort of overthink China. Imagine... If organized crime took over an entire country, they just emptied the prisons, every cutthroat, every thug they could find, and let them run the schools and the TV stations, the churches, the cultural organizations, and, and let them do that for 75 years. That's China. Right? We always used to say in Beijing when I worked there, you could always spot the criminals on the streets of Beijing because they were the guys in the police uniforms. Piece of cake. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to the brother... And his really, you know, he talked about the, some of the achievements, the Communist Party, he reads Confucius. It's almost like you want to lean in and speak in a low voice like some people do when they talk to children and say, don't, don't you see why these gangsters wanted to be your friend? Not Alex, the meat cutter, not Alex, the sales rep. They wanted Alex, the prime minister's brother. Don't you see? And of course, he did see. But he was flattered, and it made him feel important. It's sad. Well, these are honorable people in their country. Why, why don't we get it here? They're honorable there. That's what he called you know, them. The, yeah, I know. If I you, laughed. If, I was if, like, if what? what? You know what? We've yeah. got to shut this foundation down. You know, God bless them. Parliament gave that $125 million endowment when they were balancing budgets. We are not anymore. We need that $125 million to hire nurses and run emergency hospital rooms. It's no joke, Alex. We need to get that money back. And if the Trudeau brothers want to have a bake sale, let them. We need the money. Yeah, no, we do. No question about it. Meanwhile, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff uh, going on that you uh, talk about. And and the other thing is, uh, let me ask you, because I know that um, the other day, Anthony Roda, the uh, common speaker, he shut down um, <laughs> any kind of emergency debate on Chinese intimidation and then threatened Good. to eject um, Pierre Poilievre. And, and now they've put this motion together saying, like, we want to do this again. And I don't know if he'll go for it. Yeah. And then they blocked you. Hey, you don't and, like and he, 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 <laughs> God bless Tony. He blocked us on Twitter. Tony's having a bad week. I guess it's getting a little hot. I guess it's getting a little hot. Uh, but Tony's in the kitchen. I thought what Rhoda did was uh, cheap. Look, at, uh, there are rules in the house. Uh, it's called privilege. What does that mean? We've often said, Alex, uh, your MP, whether you voted for them or not, is the only friend you have in Ottawa. That's how the system works. That's your voice in Ottawa. That's it. 
And so when a member's privilege is breached, it affects all members because it's really about your voice. And this is as clear-cut as privilege you're ever going to get. You have an MP saying, I faced uh, secret threats of intimidation against family members because of a vote I made in the House of Commons. Are you kidding me? Rhoda wasn't interested. He shut him down. And mm-hmm. the conservative benches got very upset. You know what? Uh, Tony isn't the only one who's upset. There's a lot of people who are upset now. And, uh, mm-hmm. but, and so t- he's going to be blocking lots of people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you, even though his own party sued him to keep his mouth shut over the Winnipeg Lab, uh, you know, issue, which I'm sure I'm sure in three or four more years we'll hear something about it. Uh, you know, he's still loyal uh, to a fault, but uh, that, that's how it rolls. Meanwhile, you know, we get this uh, tentative deal with PSAC. I don't know any of really of the details of, of what it's going to cost us, but you know, you guys just do these little searches and you find out from uh, Budget Officer Yves Giroux that, oh yeah, well, uh, they don't have any details. They've done no investigation of how many federal employees actually work at home. Like, h- how is that possible? That was some exactly the question posed by the Senate National Finance Committee. One of them who asked the question, Senator Claude Carignot from Quebec, said, I asked for this data. They came back and said, we don't know. He said, I fell off my chair. I said, what are you, what are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly the point. So the president of the Treasury Board, God bless her, Mona Forche, has mm. said government has never been more efficient. We, you know, would, and, and so people said, oh, okay, show me. That's all they wanted to know. How many federal public employees are working from home by province and city? Not hard. I mean, you work there, right? You have their social insurance numbers. They have no idea. Forche was asked about it again yesterday in Senate National Finance. She has no idea. She says, well, we're looking for the information. Some of the departments don't want to give us the data. Okay, are, are we working? <laughs> Sorry? No, yeah. Are we? <laughs> seriously, is this a Booster Juice franchise at the mall, or is it a G7 country? Can you get on the phone, Mona? Could you maybe find out? Because as, as, as even liberal-appointed senators point out, if you don't know how many there are, how do you know the system is still working? Well, lots of dead air on that one, Alex. Not 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 a lot of data. Yeah, but like, what choice do they have of handing things over? I mean, these are managers that all got like what seventeen thousand dollar bonuses during the the pandemic. Uh, they know that they're not performing their their jobs. What do they even have the right to withhold that information? I mean, that is they her don't. department. She they're both. Okay. Of course they don't. But how many times have you and I said great failure is always an option? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. That's always on the table. Well, it's very hard to enshrine something if you don't actually have the research. So maybe it was their laziness and ignorance that uh, saved us all uh, from it having been enshrined. Well, this, unless, we haven't, unless it has been and we just haven't seen it yet. Well, everyone's waiting to see the terms, but, the, and then the other takeaway is, well, if people are going to be working from home more than half the time, can we sell more than half the buildings? Biggest landlord in mm-hmm. Canada, Department of Public Works, millions yeah. and millions and millions of dollars worth of real estate. Zero, zero proposals to start getting rid of those buildings. It's crazy because they cost so much to run. They could be an immediate solution to housing and all sorts of other things, and they just sit there collecting dust. And I don't even know how it is, Tom, and maybe you can explain. How is it that they couldn't get the buildings back in time and ready for the employees to come back? Like, all they did was go home for for a little while and work off the stuff that we bought them, and then all they had to do was go back. I I don't get it. The whole thing is crazy. It's other people's money, and there's always more money. That's why, right? 
Yeah, well, I'm stupid like that. Meanwhile, CRTC says it will define newsroom ethics under a cabinet. I know. I can't even read it without laughing, which is a... What uh, should tell you everything. But, you know, they're talking about this bill of uh, Internet revenue sharing and uh, the CRTC will now determine if a newsroom can show it is a credible news organization that would benefit under this uh, revenue scheme, Bill C-18. You guys are screwed. We are in so many different ways. (laughs) (laughs) This is it is it is it's darkly funny, Bill. C-18. Yeah. And it requires uh, the CRTC to decide who is a good person and who is a bad person in terms of revenue sharing. Now, my my own personal opinion, um, uh, this bill is going to be litigated to the gates of hell and no one is getting a penny. And we don't care because we don't want to participate in any scheme in which the government is involved in any newsroom. We have very strong feelings about this. But it is slightly, it is, I agree with you, darkly funny to think of the CRTC in their little beige office building in Gatineau, Quebec, is going to be the first in history to decide who is a real reporter and who's a fake reporter, who is a good news person, and who's a bad news person, because you know how that's going to fall. I'm guessing the Toronto Star goes to the top of the list and we go to the bottom. I'm just throwing out crazy ideas, Alex, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's well, I'm getting. <laughs> You're, you're just ahead of me. But it, but it is troubling. I mean, I'm laughing about it, but it is very, very troubling. You don't want government choosing who's the, who's a good reporter and who's not. Because if they don't agree with your opinion, they're just going to get rid of you. And, and the real concern is if they get the control to manage the algorithms and all this. Because you guys already reported. Like, we've already talked about the fact that they've tried to, this government's tried to shut down um, articles and, and news reporting on uh, immigration, where they actually called the, the newsrooms and the, the social media companies to get the stories put. Well, that was before all this stuff came in. Absolutely. And now once it's in, think of how many other times they'll do it. Absolutely. And, and it just it happens every 48 hours. The Speaker of the House of Commons blocked us on Twitter. So I can imagine yeah. what his opinion is. Did he do that because he, because he thinks we're, we're, we don't have credibility? No. He didn't like the story. And he didn't think anyone else should read it. And that's what the CRTC is going to do. This is the world these guys wanted to create. I, 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 th- somehow they think this is going to end happily for them. Yeah, no, it's not. And it shouldn't end happily for any government, because I don't want any government telling me what is and isn't uh, allowable to read. So nonetheless, we'll stay tuned on this one. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. There you go. That's Tom Korski. Uh, I know a lot of you guys like him, and uh, there he is, never fails to deliver.